When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Jeff Cameron Show, right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It is great to be with you. Happy Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, my friends. Hope you enjoy the holiday. Hope you enjoy the show. It was an uh, interesting and fun weekend. We'll tackle it all. Don't forget, you can find us on Twitter. And if you're listening on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, appreciate that. If you're watching on War Chant TV... Don't forget to like and subscribe and share and all that good stuff so that others can find the show as well. Where do you want to start? Matthew is filling in for the vacationing T. Lizzie, who is in Mexico. I spoke with him this morning as we did a podcast, Scuttlebucks, once again. And uh, always fun to do a Scuttlebucks podcast, Matthew, right after a playoff win. Well, listen, I can't gloat too much. This was a obvious one-sided affair. We knew going in that it would, in fact, be. You could have done that podcast after the... Uh, First quarter? I was going to say second drive for the Eagles. Um, I, You know what? Oh, by the way, Marcus, you're welcome. Yeah, we got to win, right? We got to win there with the six-point teaser. That uh, was fairly easy. Yeah, you know, the Bucks down to two and the Chiefs down to six and a half, whatever that was. Those seemed like the two most obvious and easy ones to go with. I'm in the midst of a, a, a five-team parlay that cashes tonight if the Rams win on the money line. So just had I, I did five money lines and um, I had uh, uh, I got I went five for five. The biggest one, well, I will go. Five for five if the Rams win tonight. Truthfully, there's a part of me that wants to lose that parlay because I'd rather play Arizona than Los Angeles. You know, when you watch these playoff games, a lot of things stand out. And I think I think should first mention, you got to, I don't want to say trust your gut because that's unscientific. But, you know, when you, when you watch a guy, when you, when you watch a guy play, 
and you realize that optimally if they're able to stay within what they do, then he can be effective. But when things get taken away, is there a second gear? Is there an option? Is there something else that he can do to help his team win? And if the answer is no to that, then you can't look at the body of work that says he was efficient enough or good enough that got us to the playoffs, but rather you have to look at what is our overall goal and can he still be the guy when we get there. And I think, meaning when you've arrived at a roster that can win, like really win, right? That's the mistake Jacksonville made a few years back, right? They never addressed the quarterback situation, and they put together this incredible defense, and they had it so that they were in a position to go to the Super Bowl. And by all rights, probably should have, but they could not trust their quarterback in the second half of the football game, couldn't throw the football, and and they got beat. And I was reminded, watching the Eagles, that Jalen Hurts is a fine backup. That Jalen Hurts is a guy that if, if something went down with your starter and you needed him to come in and you could revert to a certain game plan that he could operate, maybe in a pickle, you could, you could win a game. Maybe even two. You could, you could survive a little bit there. But when people take away the Eagles' ability to, to run the ball 70% of the time and they make him throw from the pocket and read a defense and go through, you kind of really saw what you saw in college. You really saw here with him as a pro. That, that game, like you said, without being a jerk about it, I know I mean, we, we have fun. We play it up on the show. Matthew's a loyal and diehard Eagles fan. But he, you know, I mean, you knew going in, and when when you get when you tried the read option there early on third and one, and he gets shut down and sets up fourth and five. Next time they try to run the ball, they get the ball back after giving up that score, and they can't run it again. Well, we're we're done, man. I mean, this is game is pretty well over, barring some flukishness, barring something strange, turnovers or special team scores or things like that. And I always think with any team, with any player. If you're watching your team and you're watching your quarterback and you're going, well, this guy can't be the reason we win. Well, that at that position only, does that's a really, really big deal. Like you, you can have a guy that uh, has some weaknesses as a guard, as a defensive end, as a even as a corner. You can hide him and use his strengths and move him around. You really can't as a quarterback. You can't have that. Unless the one thing that he possesses is preternaturally great. There's nothing preternaturally great at quarterback for the Eagles. Yeah, he, he's not the game changer like Vic was. Well, right, right. Like that guy did something preternaturally great. That was, And even then, they got in trouble if he had to win it with his arm. You know, that's why when you see, like, what Josh Allen did or what Patrick Mahomes did. Now, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is, we, we already know, bona fide. Everything about that guy is bona fide. Josh Allen had a performance for the ages on Saturday night. Like, one of the great all-time performances in the history of playoff football. Uh, you, beat, you beat the Patriots 47-17 to and do so in a way that features record-setting movement. I mean, think about this. <laughs> I, <laughs> I've never seen, and either has the NFL, Buffalo scored touchdowns on its first seven possessions before kneeling uh, to end the game in its eighth series. That's the first game in NFL history in which one team never attempted a field goal, punted, or turned the ball over. Never. That is as thorough an ass-beaten as anybody has ever received in a playoff game, and it's odd because it came against Bill Belichick. 
it's crazy. I would, uh, I would again mention to you that I think, honestly, uh, look, the, the Bucks circling back are not going to win the Super Bowl. I don't think so. But, and I think they're just too beat up. But what you saw between Buffalo and Kansas City sets up for an incredible game. I do think that there's intrigue still that remains in the NFC, although Green Bay is who you'd lean to heavily. I do think that the idea of the Bengals and the Titans sitting down to watch that game, how excited are you going to be? We're getting, we're, we're getting a little something for our money here. This is, this is going to be a lot of fun this weekend. I'll go through all those, and we'll have fun with that. But first, let's circle back to this. Let's circle back to what the Knowles did over the weekend in taking down Syracuse. And that's where I continue to get excited. We touched before, last week. We talked about if, if this team could go on the road and avenge the loss, the collapse that they had against Syracuse here at the TLC Double C, then all of a sudden you wouldn't be a believer that they're going to win the ACC or anything like that. But you'd say to yourself, all right, you know, this, this is going to be retired for now. That's retired for now. It wasn't long ago, a couple weeks back, the red panic button was sitting here right before me, waiting for me to mash. But we gave them the benefit of the doubt, didn't we? We said, well, hold on, hold on. Leonard Staff, Leonard himself, they have navigated choppy waters. They have figured out adjustments. They have found a way to carry the day. With that win, by the way, we return home tomorrow night, huge game against Duke. Duke will be a heavy favorite when that line comes out. Tip time, 9 p.m. at the TLC Double C. Thankfully, a game televised on ESPN. But the weekend's results means that Florida State sits in fourth place in the ACC. Say that aloud, everybody. Winners of three straight in the conference. Four and two in the ACC. One game back of first place. Miami holding down the four to top the ACC. Of course, Miami's lone loss is to Florida State. So if that thing, I mean, we're going to be playing them again. But what a weekend. With Notre Dame, Louisville, Virginia all losing. Here we sit in fourth place, tied with Notre Dame, one game behind Miami, Duke, and North Carolina in the loss column. Hard to imagine. Good on you. And we talk about adjustments all the time and coaches making those adjustments. You have to do it without the services of your senior center, second leading scorer on the team, and Malik Osborne. Set out, walking boot. We saw that, sprained ankle. And so you don't have your best front court player. We keep the game close early on, make some adjust, make some adjustments, figure out kind of what's going on here. And I really go back where like, inserting Harrison Prado as a reserve walk-on center into this game and having him set up shop at the ACC logo on offense, it changed the entirety of the game. Think about that move. So you're Leonard Hamilton, and you're looking out there, and you know what? You've got Naheem McLeod, Quincy Ballard. They're not proving to be effective because they're not good enough defensively. They can't move laterally. You bring in a reserve walk-on sitter. Five minutes left in the first half. He sets up shot. And from that point on, the game is changed. Received entry passes, which forced Syracuse to you know, kind of collapse around him after he had gotten to the rim a couple times, but he set up alternative options for other players. He was a better defender on the other end as well, and all of a sudden the run happens. We carry it into the second half with the momentum. Good on you, boys. 
Good on you. That's the second time that you have earned a choo-choo. No chance on the upset tomorrow night? I'll never say no chance at the TLC double C. I'll never, I'll never, uh, I'll never give them no shot to win a game here. Difficult to say the least. Matchup problem, <laughs> matchup problem with Duke. <laughs> but I, I won't, I won't say no chance. I won't. I, I'll give them a shot. Good for Florida State. Good for making the season uh, compelling. There, it wasn't long ago I was looking at my inbox and and continually checking, you know, all the social media outlets. People responding back to. We're the conductor, baby. Uh, we're looking at this thing, and admittedly, we're all kind of like, yeah, oof, man, I don't know. But the holding out of hope, the belief that this staff would make some adjustments and get this thing turned around, uh, it's, it's, you know what? It's come to fruition. Now you put yourself in a position to get excited and uh, maybe just maybe carry the day. Uh, all right, so any particular order, I guess we could start Bucks, Eagles, Tom Brady throws for 265, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Jalen Hurts, interceptions, they turn the ball over three times. You have a fumble as well that was critical on the punt. Uh, you know, listen, you're without Leonard Fournette, without Chris Godwin, without Antonio Brown, without Ronald Jones. All of that's going to prove to be a problem, I think, as the playoffs move on. I will say this, uh, between Keyshawn Vaughn and Giovanni Bernard, they were more than serviceable. Uh, Mike Evans was really good, over 100 yards receiving in this game. Brady sped it out to uh, nine different receivers. It was kind of pitch and catch in the middle of the field, which is what we first guessed would happen because the Eagles want to keep everybody in in check and in front. Uh, the defense uh, held Philadelphia scoreless for three quarters. That ain't going to get it done, obviously, if you're Philadelphia and you go from there. It was a reminder with the entirety of a secondary starting for the first time together uh, this year how good the Bucks could be. It's not just the ability to stop opposing receivers, but they come up and stop the run. I'll segue over to Dallas-San Francisco. We're not going any particular order here, just initial thoughts. Uh, what are you doing on a quarterback draw? What are you doing? You can complain about the spike at the end, and I get it. I'd be frustrated, too, because I would have wanted to shot. That's on you, man. 14 seconds. You're going to take off with no timeouts. You are running the risk that that happens, that you don't get to the line in time to spike it. By the way, the ref has to touch the ball, and Dak knows that. He knows the ref has to touch the ball to set it. You can't just hand it to your center. What are you doing? Watch any other last-second play where they have to spike it. They always hand the ball to, to the, the official. To the always. Every the, time. Every you time. You never hand the ball to your center and just like, well, this it, is fine. This I'm going to snap it here. right here. This is what I like. This is perfect. Yeah. I started laughing. I was sitting there going, what are you doing, man? You're gonna. This is crazy. What would you do that for? That's nuts. And then the post game to tell everybody that you're fine with refs throwing bottles at refs. Don't be a dumbass. I mean, they'll get fined for that. I understand your frustration, but you can't condone fans throwing bottles at officials. You screwed this up. Frankly, this is a blowout. This game's a blowout. A couple of things happen. Bosa goes down, plus they lose their linebacker, plus Jimmy G does what Jimmy G does, which is good God, man. That's got to be so frustrating. If you're a San Fran fan, you're set up. You're physical. You run the ball well. You just don't have the guy. You don't have the D line. You don't. I mean, you don't have the uh, the quarterback to 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 trust in. Cowboys started this game the way they always start games against teams that aren't named Washington, Philadelphia, or New York. So they trail in this game ten to nothing right off the bat. Then they're down sixteen to seven. Then they're down twenty uh, twenty three to seven. If Garoppolo had been slightly more accurate, I think this is a runaway. Fred Warner was out. 
the the situation with Bosa and Warner will be huge. Those are their top two defenders. If they come back and can play, that could get interesting against Green Bay. If they can't, it won't be leaguered. San Francisco will go up to Green Bay and get beat soundly. Uh, what I realize, too, if you're Dallas, and there are a lot of Dallas fans, they're the second most penalized team in the league this year during the regular season. Second most penalized team in the league. After every game that they lost, they complained about officiating. This one was no different. They were flagged 14 times for 89 yards. At some point, man, it ain't them. I got problems with officials all the time, and we talk about the league leaning towards calling something and supposed to not and letting guys play. Yeah, a philosophical mindset that really is troubling, I agree. But at some point, when you're the second most penalized team in the league and then you commit a bunch of penalties in these moments, you got to look back at your head coach and say they're not prepared. They're just ne- they never look prepared. Bills Patriots, back to that game. Every facet of the game dominated by Buffalo, 47-17. That's an incredible matchup with the Chiefs. It's a can't-miss game. It's the game that I am most looking forward to, and that even includes ours, meaning Tampa's. That game, let's go. Can we play that tomorrow? That is Buffalo, Kansas City, Sunday, 6.30 Eastern time. I think, given work scenarios, Matthew, I would have preferred Saturday at 8 p.m. Well, Saturday at 8 p.m. with nowhere to be on a Sunday would have been ideal. Instead, the Saturday game will be San Francisco at Green Bay, which I like. I will say Saturday, 4.30, Cincinnati at Tennessee. And obviously the Bucs will be hosting Sunday, 3 o'clock, against either the Cardinals or the Rams. We find out tonight. Uh, know, Know this. I remember remember when we were looking at the Bills when they faced off against Kansas City and they look th- th- that first time there was that that look of uh, that far away saucer-eyed sort of approach you you realize you've got to you got to figure these things out right but they look as calm and prepared and confident uh, as any team does. And, of course, it's not like the Chiefs didn't just absolutely wear out the Steelers, which we first guessed everybody did. That was really kind of a shame the Steelers made the playoffs, quite frankly, unless you're a Steelers fan, obviously. They, they were not equipped to compete in that game. Their offense is dreadful. Uh, if you're Ben, you're picking the right time. Uh, you probably should have picked last year, frankly, as the right time because that's not, yeah, that's good. Speaking of which, where are the numbers? I printed those numbers out. Big Ben all-time numbers for his career with the Steelers, and that is, I think he's first in every major category. The game's different now, and it makes sense that he would be first in every category. Yeah, 18-season career with the Steelers, retires the franchise leader in wins, 165 passing yards, 64,303. He is... First in touchdowns, 420 attempts, 8,487 completions, 5,469 completion percentage, 64.5%. He led the team to three Super Bowl appearances, two titles, 06 and 09. 06, he became the youngest quarterback to win a Super Bowl, six-time Pro Bowler, won Offensive Rookie of the Year in 04, led the NFL in passing yards both in 14 and 18. He'll go straight to the Hall of Fame. We were talking a little bit before we uh, went on the air about the Eagles. And their quarterback situation, what do you do if you're the Steelers? Because, I mean, you don't trust Mason Rudolph. At all. Not even a little bit. Not as far as you can throw him. He's terrible. 
a lot of teams are going to be confronting this reality. I mean, I, I do think there's a possibility that my Bucks here in the not-too-distant future, obviously, um, having to face that reality as well. And that is, I mean, listen, when you, when you don't have that guy and you just don't want to do the thing, all teams do this now. And, and I get it. You, you, you invest in a guy like the Dolphins invested in Tua. They believed in Tua as opposed to Herbert. And now, side by side, those two will be compared, well, for as long as Tua's in the league, which is probably not that long. But if you, if you think about that, you're a Dolphins fan, you're watching that, you could have had Justin Herbert. And so you're angry about that to begin with, like really angry about that, because one's generational and the other one probably out of the league pretty shortly. And then... You have, to conf- you have to confront the reality of we have to pull the trigger at some point. There's, I don't know what everybody – I, generally speaking, will give a guy, a, you know, two – I got to see signs. I got to see something that says there's a step forward being taken, especially if they don't possess something unique. Like Josh Allen, early on. Made mistakes. You had some issues with him that you thought, I'm not sure about accuracy. There were question marks, right? But otherworldly athleticism in a cannon for an arm. So guys like that get longer leashes. You're going to say a guy like that, well, I don't know, maybe maybe this works where he refines some things, changes release, figures something out, but he's got skills that you can't teach. So that's he's uniquely gifted. We'll give him more time. And it's a good thing they did. So you get that, right? Other guys, if you don't possess that, I better see – Something in terms of an understanding of the game, pre-snap better be something that's truly unique. Like Joe Burrow, does is, he's not the same physical freak that Herbert is or that Josh Allen is or that Mahomes is, but Joe Burrow, I mean, it's on the table all the time. And there is, there, <laughs> it is absurd, that man's confidence. I mean, it's unsettling how confident that man is at all times. It translates, and you're like, well, that, that's different. That's different, and it's real. It's, that's not false bravado. That's real. And all those guys around him are like, mm-hmm, we love you, buddy. We love you. Whereas some of these other guys, like, you're, like we're talking about right now, the reality hitting Philadelphia, the reality, I think, having to hit the Dolphins at some point, a few other guys that you look at and you go, mm-mm, you could put better pieces. It's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. How quickly do you pull the trigger? It wouldn't surprise me if after this game, or after Hertz's performance in this game, if you don't hear that the Eagles are back in on Watson. Yeah, well, again, everybody's waiting to find out if he's going to be charged with a crime or not. If he's not going to be charged with a crime, people don't care necessarily about the PR hit or perception of taking on a guy who uh, may have been worse, uh, may have been guilty of some pretty abhorrent behavior, but not a crime. So, you know what? You'll All right, hey. Professional football, we let the we let the law take care of the stuff off the field. If they're not charging with anything, we're moving on. And it gets easier to move on and say, we'll take you on if you're really good. And let's not forget he was a top five quarterback before all this happened. And the further removed we are from those incidents, however you want to call them, I mean, we can't call them crimes because they haven't been charged yet. Uh, if the further removed you are from that, the more people are apt to just kind of move on themselves in their heads, just mentally. You know, now there'll be a reckoning because at some point this will have to be resolved, either financially, civilly, something is going to happen there. But 
I think if you're the Dolphins, you're in on Deshaun. If you're the Eagles, you're in on Deshaun. If you're the Steelers, you're in on Deshaun. If you're anybody that's about to need a quarterback who thinks that they have a roster to compete, it's Jeff Cabot, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? What interferes with your happiness? Check out BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Connect in a safe and private online environment. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And you can send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all without ever having to go into a waiting room. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. Licensed professional counselors are there, and they specialize in anger, depression, stress, anxiety, to name a few. Anything you share is confidential, it's convenient, it's professional. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor, BetterHelp.com slash Cameron. That's BetterHelp.com slash Cameron. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. I'm kind of curious. Do you think Mike McCarthy will get fired today? I, I, asked, I asked the question legitimately um, because if you don't call the plays on offense, and he doesn't, that's Kellen Moore's job. You don't run the defense, Dan Quinn does. Your job would be to have your team certainly prepared. Well, I told you they were second in the league in penalties this year, and they committed 14 more of them in this game. Another aspect of your job would be clock management. My man. Pretty significant mistakes made uh, by this team. And you you have wasted timeouts. You have moments where they just just don't play like a team that's well-coached. And, you know, they are a team with immense talent. I, I just, I think I wouldn't wait around. Yeah, I think Jerry's gotten to the point where... Oh, you saw Jerry over the weekend? Does, yes, that, does yes, everybody know what I'm talking about here, guys? I try not to be macabre, but I'm telling you, for the last two weeks, this, this train, the darkness is creeping upon you. Every time they flash to him up the, I keep saying, don't do it. Stop cutting him. It's like when they used to cut to Wispy. You just you could see the death written on his face. You're like, oh, there's a life lived and about to be done. The lights are out behind the eyes. Same with at the end of his life. Remember when they wheeled Ted Williams out there at the All-Star game? Come on, man. What are we doing? Steinbrenner, too. Oh, that was awful. All around the stadium while he shook with fright. Began to cry inexplicably. I'm watching every time they show Jerry Jones. I'm like, golly, this may be the last run Jerry ever gets to see. 
So to say that time is of the essence is an understatement. You can't waste it on McCarthy. You know, you you had if you think back uh there's a there's a there's a stretch in the game with the the punt sequence with about 14 minutes to go in the fourth quarter where they have to waste a timeout. Could have used that timeout. I mean, all of these little things add up. What I would think is to you being fired. I I, I would believe that be the case. You being fired. We'll see. Just when you go through the the stuff of a weekend and you're trying to assess where teams are at and who's going to be next and what kind of moves can be made, Dallas has got to start with firing him. And then to go from there, I mean, nobody would want to trust him to lead their team. Uh, I do think the other things that you would look for is, you know, you, you would start with the defending champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not just because they're my team, and you'd say, all right, are they going to survive No Godwin? And I think the, the answer probably as it pertains to winning a Super Bowl is no. I don't think they can survive it. Now, if Wirfs doesn't play, they won't survive this weekend. If Wirfs plays at tackle, they've got a chance to – because they're, they're going to get Fournette back and they're going to get Ronald Jones back. Uh, obviously, they got healthier on defense with Shaq Barrett coming back, Levante David coming back. That showed. First time, I mentioned the last segment, secondary was completely healthy for the first time really all season long outside of opening game. So that looked to be vastly improved. Of course, it helps that you're facing uh, a quarterback that is uh, not all that good. But that said, I do think they, they could win that game, but they're not going to go on the road and beat Green Bay. Now, we could get helped out if uh, San Francisco decides to go up there and pull off an upset. A lot of ifs, ifs, ifs. We'll have to watch tonight's game between Arizona and the Rams to figure out exactly who's the best matchup. I would say on the surface the best matchup for Tampa Bay would be Arizona. Now, again, a lot to decide there. What I look at in those matchups is where's Brady's game at? Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna give up the middle of the field and allow checkdowns and allow that kind of efficiency, he won't make the mistake of getting greedy. Never has. It's remarkable the restraint that that guy has. The throws are still there to be made. We've seen that at the end of the year, the throw on the road in New York against the Jets. That's a hell of a throw uh, when you have to have it. That entire drive was amazing. You saw a couple of throws in this game, small windows. He can still make those. But if teams don't make him make it, he refuses to force it. That's smart. I think the Rams could make him force it, and that would be an interesting scenario. The Eagles game this weekend – I was ready to throw my remote at the TV because there were, in the first three or four drives, there were seven, eight plays to Bernard where <laughs> Brady doesn't have the ball for a second. No, he just it's just snap, dunk, snap, dunk. I'm like, guys, yeah, what are we doing? Well, it's weird because, see, that's where when you have, like, an, okay, so Evans beats people down the field still. He's still a big guy that you can throw it up to. Gronk kills people, and you remove players because they send him down the seam. And now everybody clears out, and Brady's content with, okay, well, if you're going to clear out, here you go. Here you go. Now you're going to come up and stop that? Well, we're going to get our one-on-one shots at some point. It's maddening. And we all hated this like I did. I hated watching it for, with New England for all those years. You're like, he doesn't even have anybody to throw to. Now he does. But he did. He did, really didn't outside of the year with Randy Moss, and he put up record numbers. But it's like, oh, you are maddeningly consistent. You will take four yards over and over and over, and it's not because you're a check down Charlie the way some guys are. It's because you just know that team's going to be willing to give that up. 
and it doesn't bother you. It doesn't bother you to have to be efficient and have to go on 12-play drives. It doesn't bother you second and six, third and two, first down, second and six, third and two, first down. Bothered you. I know it had to be. Here it comes again. Here it comes again, second and five, third and one, first down. Second and six, third and two, first out, over and over and over. You're like, golly. Well, it is admirable. <laughs> it is admirable. It's not dynamic. It's not Josh Allen. It's not Patrick Mahomes. Man, I want to go back and rewatch the Steelers. I, inept. I'm not worried about that. I really want to go back and watch. And I watched the Buffalo game, but. Whew. Could anybody look better than Buffalo looked this weekend? That was incredible. The best game of the weekend, the only real good game of the weekend outside of this weird ending that we got with San Francisco and Dallas, was the Cincinnati game. The Cincinnati-Las uh, Vegas game was a lot of fun. That was a good game. Refs tried to blow that game, and they got fired for it. Well, not fired, but they will not ref again in the postseason. The NFL has come out to note. It's got to be a gut-wrenching, oh, my God, that I really just do that feeling. Now, they had a a ton of mistakes, but blowing the whistle along the sidelines. I bring this up all the time. Officials frequently either throw flags or blow a whistle for what they think is about to happen. And I get that the game is fast, and so there's this anticipatory moment for a lot of officials. But you watch guys, they think a quarterback's about to be roughed. They think a player is going to get hit late out of bounds. But they're actually struck while both feet are still in bounds, no matter that they were efforting to get out of bounds. But that flag gets thrown all the time. It's a reaction to the bench. It's a reaction to what they thought was about to happen. And you see it constantly. And I don't know how you get officials out of that mode. I don't know how you tell. If, I mean, I've, I've never been an official. I will welcome the fact that it probably is extremely difficult. I can't imagine that there's anything about officiating that's easy, given how good of athletes they're having to not just not just watch over, but the, the, the quickness with which plays begin and end. And there's just there's so much extreme violence that, I don't know. I mean, I, I would just, I all I ask is that the pervasive thought be that we're not throwing a flag unless it is obvious, as opposed to we want to cut certain things off at the pass we, we would rather you err on the side of it not really being a penalty but calling it as opposed to ignoring uh, a blatant infraction. I, I'm the opposite. I believe you let the best athletes in the world, the biggest, strongest gladiatorial guys that there are playing professional sports, have at it. And unless it's just abundantly clear that we have a hands to the face, abundantly clear that a guy's hit late, abundantly clear that there's a hold, we're just playing football out here, man. Let's go. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Article up on Warchant.com that I would direct your attention to. Uh, my boy Tom Wang went through and exhaustively uh, <laughs> documented every fourth down decision Mike Norvell made for FSU football in 2021. 
uh, kind of fun. I talked to him this morning about the article, and I, I think it was a, a nice decision or a smart decision to put a comment section in under, not a comment section, but room for where you could comment, uh, where the author could comment about the decision. Uh, and the reason being is that we talk about the philosophy, Mike Norvell's philosophy. Uh, you know, a lot of people obviously play the results as opposed to the process and they get upset if it doesn't work out. Or you'll hear people say, and it's actually quoted by Tom in the article, you load the nerds who influence critical decisions in football through metrics. Uh, yeah, you need to have. There's nuance to the discussion, uh, whether the you know the bot win probability change is plus six percent or minus one percent or whatever it might be. Uh, there's always nuance to this. Like the in-game situation matters, the matchup matters, uh, the results that precede the decision uh, matters. Uh, if if you if you're attempting to run the football and you're over on uh, third and two or longer, fourth and one or longer uh, over your last two games because you simply don't match up physically against an opposing defensive line, the bot might tell you that the right decision based on down distance score time of game is to go for it. You, however, have eyes and have seen that you can't block them. So, bot be damned. We're going to go ahead and punt this away because I don't think I can be physical enough to get the yard. So everybody has to concede that there are many factors, not just the bot percentages of win probability, yay or nay. Okay, blindly choose this because it's in the positive. You know what? And so that's allowed for in it. It's a good read. Warchant.com. It's going to take you a while to get through. It's long. It's, as I said, an exhaustive search. I got to give him, uh, or vetting, got to give him credit uh, because I think this was the topic du jour for a good part of the season, especially the first half of the season when things were going so wrong for Florida State. And those decisions oftentimes came down to, do you, do you take the chance with the group that you have knowing what you don't have, more importantly? Or, you know, again, the argument being that you're playing to win the game and you understand that um, I'm willing to take the risks because I don't think we can win if, if we're going to rely on getting a stop here and possessing the football one fewer time. We're going to need to cash in here at the 50 as opposed to, uh, kicking away, getting a stop, getting the ball back in minus field position, and getting back down the field given the limitations of our offense. Anyhow, it's 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 a, it's a fun deal. Warchant.com, go read it. I can't, admittedly, but there are plenty of people who uh, would disagree with me. I give credit to to Michael Langston and Austin Cox in looking at. Uh, I mean, we got twenty twenty four kids visiting. I, I guess it's just not going to happen for me. Doesn't it get harder? And I don't mean this as a, a deterrent to subscribing to WarChan or to monitoring recruiting, but given the current climate of recruiting, doesn't it get in what's available and what's possible and what we just saw happen? Doesn't it get more and more difficult to get interested in anybody beyond kids that are going to be committing this season or next week? And he, you know what I mean? Like, unless it's the actual day where it matters, it is awfully difficult knowing that you can have a kid for two years 
who's all in, whose Twitter avatar is a picture of him in your uniform with the celebrated champions of your program as the backdrop and a, you know, follow-up certainty week-in, week-out interview in which he says he's coming here only to see last-second trickeration, NIL, movement, whatever it might be, somebody swooping in making an offer that you cannot refuse. It just makes it that much more difficult. So I read about Danny O'Neill, class of 2024, and I go, hey, good, had a great visit, loved the campus, enjoyed talking with the coaches, got to see the rest of the campus, saw what a great place it would be to live, got to see the stadium, man, that was awesome, got to be around Coach Tokars, what a great experience. I really loved it. Great. Good. Good. Yeah, apparently we loved your film and we like you too. That's nice. It's great. Sure, everybody will say everything that they need to say to make everybody feel very good about all of that over the course of the next two years. <laughs> but no, you can't go, I'm going to go to bed tonight thinking Danny O'Neill's coming. Yeah, he's going to be here. He's going to be starting for us. Can't wait. Nobody's doing that anymore. Not in the world of recruiting. They're not. The insight's interesting. The kid, you know, you learn a little something. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Jeff, question, who you got for the Super Bowl right now? I feel better about picking the NFC before I pick anything out of the AFC. I, I think it's a toss-up in the AFC. I really do. I, I Buffalo, We said, remember we played the game. We had a good time playing the game, Tom and I did, uh, last week. We said which teams could uh, win the Super Bowl. And somebody laughed at me, and I said, well, the Steelers can't win the Super Bowl. They're eliminated. New England, I said, cannot win the Super Bowl. They're eliminated. Uh, and then we went through the list of teams that we said that couldn't win it. Now, there are plenty of teams that could, but I said the Raiders could not win the Super Bowl. You know, those three were pretty much can't wins. So the Eagles could not win the Super Bowl. Couldn't win the Super Bowl. They're gone. That was, that was easy. Uh, knew those teams couldn't win the Super Bowl. And then we went through and, and kind of talked about you know, why we thought these other teams could win the Super Bowl. And I think the only team that, you would that some of you pushed back on me about when I said that, uh, hey, look, I, I don't feel like the Titans could win the Super Bowl. And people got upset with that. And I understand why. I understand why. But the teams that we most, that we were emboldened by and that we thought really had a chance Green Bay, the Bucks, the Rams, and the NFC I said the 49ers could win the Super Bowl. I'm not so sure I'm right about that. They're all beat up right now, and Jimmy G is just a liability. Now, in the AFC, Kansas City obviously can win the Super Bowl. Buffalo can obviously win the Super Bowl. It gets, it gets interesting, doesn't it? Like, when you look at those matchups and you're just staring at it, do you think Cincinnati could win the Super Bowl? I do. I think they could. I won't pick them. I don't love that defense. I hope so. I'm rooting for them. Well, they're an easy team to root for. They're an easy team to root for. They're a lot of fun. They're electrifying. They can be, uh, I mean, they're brash. There's a lot of things to like about them. 
But you're going to root for them, uh, as am I, on the road at Tennessee. That should be a fun game. I don't think Arizona can win the Super Bowl. So, you know, I guess I'm not answering your question. But I would tell you that uh, I like Green Bay coming out of the NFC. And I would, you know, just bet on it. They're the number one seed. It's not a reach. I, I, I like, I, I think the, uh, I, I think Green Bay will go to the Super Bowl. I do. I don't think that, I don't think my Bucks are going to beat them. They could, but I don't think they will. I wouldn't pick them. They're not the odds on favorite. I think it's, it's, a, it's a reach. They would have to, and this is their chance to do it. And they're going to have to do this in, in the game this weekend, whether it's against Arizona or the Rams. They're going to have to possess the football. They're going to have to be able to run the football. They need Ronald Jones back. They need Leonard Fournette back. They need to be able to find that balance because teams are, like, let's say it's Ramsey and the Rams. They're going to take away Evans. And because Godwin went down and because Antonio Brown got kicked off the team, I mean, you think about what you're lacking in terms of a number two. You don't have a bona fide number two. You're relying on Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson. That ain't good. Gronk helps you in the middle of the field. Evans is a big-time matchup, but you better have the balance of running backs back and you better have an offensive line that's healthy. Just going through all those injuries. Oh, it's crazy! And and just look, they went. They've been, they've been beat down for eight weeks. Just given the landscape of the NFC right now, it would be an epic collapse, I think, if Green Bay didn't make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They are overwhelming favorites because everybody's going to have to go through Lambeau with fans in two degree weather. And in addition, you know. Aaron Rodgers is pretty damn good. I mean, they've got weapons. They're really good. And I can't imagine that they're not the hungriest team in football. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I get it. Every team's hungry. Everybody wants to win. Everybody, it's a life-changing experience. Everybody, nobody's half-stepping their way through the playoffs. Everybody's going to be fired up to play. I got it. But if you think that this is Aaron Rodgers' swan song in Green Bay, and the bitterness that they feel from having lost at home to the world champion Buccaneers – currently with with a chance to go to the Super Bowl uh, a year ago I can't I mean locked in laser-like focus but more importantly healthy they got guys back while the Bucks were losing people so that that is that's a toughie that's a toughie although when you watch a guy throw five touchdown passes like like Patrick Mahomes did in that game and again it was Pittsburgh but that is a um, – they look like they're right. The matchup, Buffalo-Kansas City is a mini Super Bowl. This is this – is, that's the game we all want to see, right? You don't even have to like or you could love both teams wherever you're at. I just – as a football fan, seeing the Bills play the way they did, the way Josh Allen played in that game, and then knowing what Kansas City's been week to week, especially since they figured out their offensive problems, that's just – it's ridiculous. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Hour number two, fourth coming, stay with.